You're listening to a podcast from River City Church of Jacksonville, Florida. For more audio and video podcasts, visit rccjax.com. So, um, uh, can you hear me now? Am I on? Good. Fantastic. Apparently, this talk is going to be really, really amazing. And I have all indicators that it will be because I've just now noticed that I have no notes. So, that's fine. Let's roll with it, man. I'm... Oh, even better. Okay, good. Great. Things happen from one service to the next. You know, I, got, I have a friend that calls it Holy Spirit Sneaky. <laughs> and uh, So anyway, so uh, let, let's pray, and then I, I really want to get into the sock. God, I ask, just as Antley said, that you would come, that you would bring revelation, God. God, I ask that your Holy Spirit would guide us, would, uh, would bring things to light, Father, that we might be freed up to, to, to walk in this gift of evangelism that you've given us. God, just above all else, we ask that you would be here. God, we seek your glory. We seek your face. We seek your presence. Be with us, God, that we might know you. We might know your love, God, that we might be changed by your presence. In Jesus' name, amen. Whew, this feels much better now that I have notes in front of me. Uh, okay, so yeah, this is what happened. Uh, over the past couple of years, I've been struggling to come to terms with how evangelism gets played out in my own life. And maybe from an, uh, a, a different perspective, I've been looking at how evangelism gets played out in the life of a church. And I have been having all these crazy different types of experiences over the past few years that have challenged everything that I thought I knew about the scriptures. It's challenged everything that I thought I knew about what it means to be a Christ follower. And, and then even all these different like roles and, and, and responsibilities and opportunities that we get to be, such as evangelists. And so this has been shifting in my mind over the past few years. Then uh, earlier this summer, we were sitting here in worship and kind of like people felt like they heard something. I too am one of those strange people that sometimes hear voices in their head. I'll admit it, it's it's a bit awkward, but I, I, I thought I heard something and I felt like God was teaching me another aspect of evangelism. Uh, and just kind of put some things together that were a bit clearer in my mind about how we might be able to understand it. Uh, after that was done, I was really kind of excited about it. And uh, the next morning, Monday morning, I actually went on a walk. And as I was walking around, we had this little park by our house. I found myself looking very scary to others because I just started getting into my talk. And I started sharing my talk with everybody that was like around me, which were like squirrels and butterflies and everything else. And while I'm going like this and tell them, but the good news is this. And I'm going through like this. And I realize I must look like one wacko guy by the way I'm walking around this park. And so I asked Antley after I finished that walk, if he would give me an opportunity to share this message with with people as opposed to just like small furry animals. And he said, yes. So that's kind of what led me to where I'm at today. Okay, uh, let's bring up the first slide. This talk uh, is titled very simply, The Good News About Evangelism. And uh, what we're going to do is, is I'm going to uh, begin by telling you about a little of the frustrations that I had with how I understood evangelism previously. Not that there's anything wrong with the, the models that I'm going to go through, but it was just some of the struggles that I had with it. And then what we're going to do is, is we're going to take a look at each one of these models and then follow it up with this new possible model for us to consider as, a, as an individual, as a church, with walking out our faith. So uh, let me begin with this, and we can stay on this slide here. Um. For me, 
there is often tension in my understanding of evangelism because of how I saw it played out. And to me, the evangelists were kind of one of these following categories. Evangelists were either like these super Einsteinian, Ravi Zacharias, Lee Strobel, Antley Fowler type of characters. You know, these really brilliant people, right? That just knew everything about everything, could walk in and tell you about molecular structures inside of a cell and tell you how that points to God. And they knew all these crazy things. And it seemed like evangelists got to be those guys. And if you weren't as smart as that, you had a couple of other options. The other option was is that you could be one of those guys who are like, you know, I never really paid attention in school, but I'm really good at sales. And so they would bring these phenomenal sales guys, like uber, like just crazy sales skills. And they would come up onto the stage and they would tell people in this really convincing way. And they would raise their voice and they would have dramatic pauses and all these crazy things and make this great presentation. And they could have been like selling a ketchup popsicle stick to a woman with white gloves and someone would have got it, you know? I mean, they were phenomenal at sales. And then people would come in mass like quantities up to the front and they would decide to accept Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. And even though that I knew that I was good, man, when that guy spoke, I feel like, shoot, I want to run up to the front of the stage too. Like I want what this guy's selling. Give me it. So that was another model. And I'm not really that. And then there was this like this other model that always just kind of, for me personally, rubbed me the wrong way. And it was like, if you weren't really intellectual or you were kind of afraid of people or you, you, you kind of weren't great at sales, you could go the cheesy route. And the cheesy route was is that, you know, you would do some sort of gimmick in order to be able to tell, tell people about Christ. And that gimmick could go a very wide spectrum of things. And the crazy thing is, is God still used these crazy gimmicks to bring salvation unto himself. And so that's an amazing thing. But for me, I just couldn't fit into those gimmicks. It just wasn't me. Like, uh, you know, there's uh, one of the things that never felt good for me. And there may be people in this room that use tracks. Phenomenal. I know that God is blessing that in an amazing way. For me, I would take a look at these little cartoons and I would feel like, oh, this is so cheesy. Like, I can't even follow it. I'm not, I can't even finish reading the track. How am I going to give this to somebody? And so I began to get really frustrated. And I think that leads us to another type of person that exists in the church. Um, And I think that person is kind of like me and maybe something that you can relate to as well. And it's because the other models or the other evangelists that you've seen before, uh, even the phenomenal ones, even like, you know, Billy Graham and and the list could go on and on, or, or, or the salespeople or the intellectual people, God uses them in amazing ways but you just don't quite fit into any of those models. And you wonder, can I too be an evangelist? Or is that something that's for someone other than myself? And I didn't want to give up on the fact that I too could be an evangelist, even though I wasn't necessarily those other types of people. Because the scriptures say that the Holy Spirit has given us the gift of evangelism. And when I understand a gift... I understand it to mean something that is to be enjoyed, something that is fun to give, something that is fun to receive, something that are love and joy and everything else are kind of wrapped around it. And so there was constantly this tension. And then I got a chance to experience some other things that led me to this new understanding that I have that I'd love for you to consider. And I will say this, um, take everything with a grain of salt. Uh, I am a guy who like works in the regular world. I don't have a seminary training. I'm not on staff or anything else. But what I do know, this is how I've experienced God. And this is how I've experienced the scriptures. 
And I'd love to just be able to share it with you and have you consider it as well. Let's go to the next slide. So we're going to look at three different models. The first one I have titled old school model, meaning it used to be around, meaning like decades and maybe even a couple of centuries ago, there was this model of evangelism, maybe not said in this way, but definitely practiced in this way. And this particular model said this, that you need to get yourself all cleaned up before you come to church. I want you to quit your smoking. I want you to quit your drinking. I want you to quit your partying. I want you to quit that crazy lifestyle that you have that's outside of what us godly folk look like. The next thing they said is, is that after you've done that, I need you to believe everything in this book here, including the cover, the table of contents, and these extra little maps in the back. You've got to believe all these. Got it? Once you have cleaned yourself up and you believe Paul's journey map over here, then I tell you, you can be my brother or sister. Come on in. Arms are open wide. So wide, we'll take you after you've jumped through all these hoops. And to me, that doesn't sound like good news. Like that's such a burden to make people go through, jump through all these hoops and everything else. And then they got to believe all these things. And then we pretend as if, you know, hey, I love you. Come on in. Welcome. Welcome to the love of God. Doesn't feel very loving to me. It's not the expression where God said he is love. It's not what I feel in that model. I feel like I don't fit. I don't fit in a number of different ways. You don't like the way I look. You don't like the way I talk. You don't like the way I am. You also don't like the things that are even not on the outside. You don't like the inside. You don't like anything about me. But you're saying, if I change everything about myself, then you'll love me. Not only is this model just sound bad, but like pragmatically, it's horrible. I tried to fix myself on my own and it doesn't work. Like, it just does not work. I don't have the wherewithal within me to change the things I don't like about me. I can't do it. I've tried. Beyond pragmatically not being great, it also seems to not be biblically grounded. Doesn't mean the guy still can't use this model. But one of the things that I find that's interesting is, is that, look, if all we needed was someone to give us a version of the law that we might know how we ought to behave then then why in the world did we need Jesus Christ in the first place? If the law would have saved us in and of itself, if changing our behavior and just knowing that we shouldn't murder, that we shouldn't steal, or that we shouldn't covet, or any of these different things, if it was just the knowledge of a new set of behavior, why didn't the knowledge of the new set of behavior bring about salvation? In reality, it didn't. We needed Jesus Christ. And so this particular model, if in times past you felt frustration with this as like how you are to walk out evangelism, that you're to go from corner to corner and be like, you're in sin. Get your sin taken care of. You don't believe the maps in the back of my Bible. Start believing these things and everything in between. And then I'll tell you what, I'll give you a hug. But right now you're dirty and I don't want to touch you. If that didn't feel like a good model for you, we've got another one. Okay. Not that God still doesn't use that, because he does. And it's amazing, and it's, it, it, it's crazy. This is how the Holy Spirit leads. Sometimes this may be the model, but let me show you another one. Let's take a look at the next one. Okay, so this new one is the progressive model. And I won't try this joke, but I'll mention it, is that I said in the progressive model in the first service, this one comes with a car quote. And I got silence like this, because it's not a very funny joke, apparently. But I thought it would be, because like progressive car insurance, you know, like comes with a car quote, you know. 
Please tell me someone's heard of progressive car insurance. Just make me feel better. It's bright lights up here. If, okay, good. Thank you. Thank you, sir, in the back. I really appreciate that. Good. So we've got this progressive model, and this model is so much better than the old school model. And it's not just because it's new, but because it's better. It seems gooder. That's a word, I promise. So in the progressive model, it changes our Bs around. And yes, we're going to be looking at three Bs today. It happens to be my favorite letter of the alphabet, Brian Baggs, BB. So I like to try to put everything in Bs. <laughs> That's only half true. So. so in this particular model, I'll tell you what I love about this. And this is going to feel a little class-like today. And I'm sorry, I'm sorry. This is just how it came to me. And so, like, when you leave today, remember a whole lot of great stories and funny jokes and everything else. That you're like, man, that was an amazing message. You know, it won't necessarily have some of that. But I think some of the kernels of truth here are, are, are somewhat decent for us to consider. Progressive model. This says believe, belong, behave. This is the model that we uh, have found from like the days of Martin Luther to today where we say it's by faith alone. All you need to simply do is to believe. And when you believe that Jesus Christ is the Lord and Savior, that he's the son of God, that he came down on earth and he walked around and he gave us a way, a truth and a life and that he died on the cross for your sins. And then after he died on the cross, he went into the tomb. But on the third day, he rose again. When he came up out of the grave, it's an amazing thing. Like we are now grafted into the family of God and we have the ability to walk in his name. We have the ability now to belong because of who Jesus Christ is. Believe in this and you will belong. And the great news about this is that after you realize that you believe that you belong, I tell you what, don't worry about the behavior. You couldn't save yourself on your own. But I tell you what, the Holy Spirit might come. Then he might make you into a new creation. Model is good. Model is very good. For me, personally, it's much better than the old school model. But here's some of the things that it still, I feel like, for me at least, keeps me from getting into the game of evangelism. Earlier in the talk, I mentioned how if you weren't as smart as Antley Fowler or Einstein or Lee Strobel or whatever the case may be is, when we make our battles over beliefs, you may feel unqualified to jump into a conversation. So you're at work or you're at school, right? Or um, you're out on the streets and immediately you come across someone that has a different set of beliefs with you. Before you can do any sort of expression of belongings, you feel like you got to go toe-to-toe with them, pull out your summa cum laude certificate that you got from college and show them that you're smarter than they are and that they should believe what you believe. This is hard. This is frustrating, especially for someone like me who like, didn't, didn't, wasn't smart. I can't even talk, right? See, so this is hard. This is very hard for me. Or the other thing that I could do in that moment is, is that I could somehow sell them on this, right? I could sell them on the fact that Jesus is the best way. He's the only way, the truth, and the life. And that very well may be the case. And I'm not talking about that in this particular talk. But what I am saying is, is that in that model, like you've got to be maybe a good salesperson. And maybe that doesn't fit for you. Or maybe there's a portion of you that feels like it's still so important that people get this belief down because it's whether or not if they go to heaven or hell that you decide, you know what, I can't do the sales model. I can't do the model where I'm like going toe to toe and showing someone that I'm smarter than they are. So what I'm going to do is, is I'm going to give it all over to the Holy Spirit and I'm going to give them this tract. And maybe you felt times in your life where that felt like, ugh. 
you know, I'm, I'm going this route because I feel like I don't have another route. And the great thing is, is that even if you're the smart guy, even if you're the salesperson guy, or even if you're the track person, the Holy Spirit still moves and brings about salvation. But maybe you're one of those other people, and so far, neither one of these models have empowered you or got you excited about being an evangelist. This model, progressive, wonderful model. I don't want to make any bones about that. But what I do want to say is, is that the scriptures and my own experiences in life have led me to understand that this isn't the only type of model, the only type of avenue of evangelism that's available to us. And perhaps this other model, when you get a chance to take a look at it, and we get a chance to take a look at how this is displayed throughout God the Father, how this is displayed through Jesus Christ, and we take a look at how this is displayed through Scripture, then maybe there might be something up that allow the rest of us to deal with this tension that exists within us of wanting to be evangelists but feeling unqualified to begin playing in this game. Okay, let's go to the next slide. I want to use this verse to tell you about a different model than the one that's progressive. The progressive model says, simply believe and then you will belong in the kingdom of God and God does an amazing work and she brings about a difference in your life. John 3.16 is often used as that particular model. I want to take a different look at John 3.16 to show you a model that might be different. John 3.16 says this. Many of you have this memorized. Many of you have read this since I've talked, but I'm going to read it anyway. It says this. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. I think this scripture, along with the things that we see in Romans, along with the heart of God that we see expressed, along with the way of Jesus Christ, shows us a different type of model that we should take a look at. Can we go to the next slide? I call this model the good news model. In this model, it says that you belong. Once you understand that you belong, it changes a totally different thing about your mindsets and your beliefs change. And with that comes a new sort of creation. Let me unpack why I think John 3.16 says this. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. In Romans, we see that for while we were still sinners, Christ was sent to die for us. And you can pull out tons of things throughout the Gospels and through the letters that we see in the rest of the New Testament that talk about the condition of man and why we needed a Savior. For God so loved the world that he gave his son. Before we knew what to believe, before we knew how to understand Jesus Christ and his, his relationship to the Trinity and his relationship to the Father and his relationship to like our sin and everything else, God said and expressed through his son that there's a kingdom he has and he wants us to belong in it. Therefore, he sent his son. Do you see this? that we had no idea that the correct types of beliefs that we needed to necessarily have. Now, there were great things that the Old Testament pointed to it, but for whatever reason, we may not have understood all those things. So what God did is he sent his son as an expression of him, as an expression of love, that we might be able to understand how good he is. And through that expression of his son, it changed every belief we had ever had. We can see this model through the life of Jesus Christ. When Jesus walked around this world and he went to someone who's sick and he healed them, 
that person who was sick got an opportunity to feel the expression of belonging in a kingdom other than what they were currently in. They were sick. They had infirmity. They were diseased. Christ came. He healed. And all of a sudden, it changed everything that they thought they knew. They went evangelizing or proclaiming into the streets that there's some sort of new kingdom that's been made known. And I just got healed from whatever sickness I had. We read countless times in the scripture where they didn't even know who Jesus was when, he got, when they got their healing. Jesus went forth with an expression of belonging. This time it was in this person who was sick. It was in, the, it was in the, uh, an instance of healing. And it changed their beliefs about everything. Once their beliefs were changed, they were able to translate into a brand new creation. Because now all of a sudden, like, what do you mean? I belong. There's a kingdom here. And it changed everything about their life. It went this way, belong, believe, behave. When Zacchaeus was sitting in the tree, the world said he didn't belong. But Jesus came to him and said, you do belong and I'd like to have dinner with you. When he spent time with Zacchaeus, Zacchaeus realized that he belonged in this kingdom that Jesus was bringing and making known to this world. And it changed every belief he had about himself. It changed every belief he had about God. It changed every belief that he had about the rest of the world. And he became a different man. To the woman at the well, she experienced Christ. Christ let her know that she belonged. To the woman who was fleeing people that were coming after her with stones. And Jesus got in the way and told her that she belongs. When Jesus went to all of the outcasts and all of the people that were on the fringe of society and all of the people who didn't fit and he expressed to them by his very presence, his healing, his prophetic word, um, his communion, his fellowship and everything else that they belonged in the kingdom that he was establishing. It changed everything for them. Their belief sets were completely different. I mean, even the very disciples themselves had no idea what they needed to believe about the Christ until much later. But the very fact that he came and he was with his disciples and he spent years with them told them that they belong. So much so that a guy who could deny Christ three times, once he understood that he belonged, he could become the rock upon which the church was built. Peter denied Christ. But God told him he belonged. It changed every belief he had. And he set apart a new life in a new way that we now call him the rock upon which we built the church. So we can put the other um, few models up here. My frustration that I had is that I didn't fit with the old school model. The frustration that I had was I didn't fit with the progressive model. I tried. I tried my hardest. It didn't fit me. It doesn't mean God still can't use it. It just didn't fit me. But what I see here with the good news model is that we have something different. And it's this, that we too can be image bearers just like Jesus Christ was. And that we can walk apart in our jobs, in our work, in the streets, in Target, uh, at school, everywhere that we may be. And we have the opportunity to express to people that they belong. That can be through words. That can be going with hanging out with people on the fringe of society. 
That can be with uh, seeing someone who's sick and moving in the power of the Holy Spirit and seeing a healing take place. I guarantee you that person's going to feel like they belong in this kingdom and it'll change every belief that they have. It can be seeing someone and getting a prophetic word for them. And I guarantee you, I've been in situations where you get a prophetic word for somebody and the next thing you know, like they may have been on the outside looking into this whole kingdom thing, but because... Somehow you spoke into a portion of their life that they thought was secret, and now it's been made known, and they feel the love of God and everything else. It changes every belief they ever had. And it's that expression of belonging that now changes their belief. And I tell you what, when beliefs change about who we are and who God is, and we know and we take the scriptures to say this, that, that nothing can separate us from the love of God, that he's called us his sons and his daughters, that we're his children. I'll tell you, this is the type of thing that sets a generation on fire. This is the type of thing that frees me up to now be an evangelist, even though I'm not cool, even though I'm not like pretty looking, even though I'm not like really, really smart, or even though I'm not any of those other things that we talked about before. I've got a couple minutes, so I want to give you an example of this. One time, uh, I was walking down at the landing. And as I was walking to the landing, I had a meeting. I was meeting this guy. We were supposed to be meeting at Starbucks, which I guess is no longer there. But we were going there, and uh, I saw this guy sitting on the bench, right? And he was looking out over at the river. And when I saw him, I felt in my spirit, or the pepperoni pizza I had the night before. I'm not sure which one. But this guy wanted to do something to bless this guy. I thought, that's fairly safe. I think God generally likes to bless people, right? So, you know, as I'm seeing him, I got this long walk. Like, he's down there where that white door is. And I'm seeing him, I'm walking up, and I'm thinking, man, what am I going to tell this guy? He's sitting out here. I feel like God wants to bless him. And I just keep walking. I'm like, Holy Spirit, let me know what this is. I don't understand. And I walk right by him into my meeting because I never really understood what it was. And I got real, like, convicted about it. Not like guilt or not like God was mad at me, but I missed out on an opportunity, right? Like I might have been able to tell this guy something. I don't know what. Well, when I came out of my meeting and I had to walk back to my car, I saw this guy still there. And I thought, oh, man. Okay, Lord, what, what do you want me to do? You say you want to bless him. Give me something more than that. Like tell me like, um, you know, he needs 75 cents because I've got 75 cents. Tell me he needs 75 cents, Lord, and I'll give this to him. I didn't get anything. So I walked up to the guy, and I know that, you know, this new evangelism model is just to let people know that they belong. And I say, yo, um, dude, man, I know you're, I know you're just kind of sitting here. Um, and he obviously had been sitting there for a while because I, I met for like an hour with this other guy. I said, um, man, I, uh, I feel like God wants to bless you. And I don't know how or, or, or like what it's about, but I feel like he wants to bless you. And he kind of unfolds himself and he looks up at me and he goes, that's pretty strange. And I say, um, you're telling me, buddy. <laughs> and I just sit there in silence and he says, I'm sitting here right now. And literally, as you say this, I'm having all these questions in my mind because I'm not happy with my life and everything else. I'm wondering if God exists. And you come up to me right now and you say that God wants to bless me? I said, yes. <laughs> and, uh, and, and another couple of minutes go by, we start doing this. And I say, yeah, man, I, I think, you know, if that's what you're talking about right now and you're wondering whether or not God exists. And I come up to you right now that says that God just wants to bless you, man. Um, I think what he may be trying to tell you is that he loves you, that he cares about you, that he'd have me walk by you and tell you that he loves you. And I don't know how he wants to bless you, but I want to pray for you too. And he says, well, 
man, I guess, and this is no, no lie, I guess this whole God thing exists then. And I said, yeah, I think it does, man. And he goes, well, do you th- here's the deal. I'm constantly doing things that I know that I don't want to do. And the things that I do want to do, I can't seem to do them. And I'm thinking, man, I don't know where that is in scriptures, but I have read something like that before. So this must be some sort of ordained moment. So I said, dude, I know how you feel. I said, there's this thing, it's called the Holy Spirit. And I don't want to go too freaky on you, but I think that the Holy Spirit, when he comes into your life, you have the ability and the power to overcome these things, these, these things that hold you down. I've only got a couple of minutes. I've got to run to the next thing. Would you be open if I prayed? Would you want the Holy Spirit in your life that you'd be empowered to be able to live the life you want to live? And he goes, yeah. So right there, I went down and I sat down on the bench next to him. And we didn't make a scene or anything because I don't want to draw any attention to myself because this is weird to me too. And we just start praying. And I was like, man, look, here's the deal. Let's just pray right now that the Holy Spirit would come in your life and that you'd be a totally new creation. And he started to pray that prayer. And we started to go through this. And the guy started to cry and he started to shake and everything else. And I got up after it was done. And I said, man, do you know anybody that like you can go to church with or anything else? And he says, my mom and dad go to church. They've been going to church for years. I've never been. And I said, man, well, I tell you what, um, you should probably call your mom and dad and let them know what's going on. He goes, not only am I calling my mom and dad, he goes, I'm going to go to church with them on Sunday. And in this type of evangelism model, and I could tell you story after story after story, but I don't have time for it now. I, but, but things from like going through like um, the drive-through at a fast food place. And some of you have heard me give you another testimony about going through the line at Wendy's and seeing somebody get healed. I went through the drive-through at another fast food place. Um, I tell my wife, who doesn't like fast food, that this is where God wants me, Carly. <laughs> So going through the drive-thru, I just happened to get this word after I ordered my double cheeseburger from McDonald's that this lady had a problem with her wrist. And when I went up there and I went through the line and as I'm up there, I say, ma'am, I'm so sorry. Um, Do you got a problem with your wrist? And she looked at me like I was crazy and that she might spit in my food. And I said, I'm sorry, I just had to ask. She goes, yes, I do have a problem with my wrist. I said, okay, can I see your hand? She gave me her hand. I grabbed her hand and I just said, you know, first and foremost, you know, God absolutely loves you. And I just pray that this wrist be healed in Jesus name. And that was it. I got my food and everything else. Now, here's the crazy thing. Believe it or not, I went back to that same McDonald's a couple months later. And I came through the drive-thru, totally forgot about it. And this lady goes, hey, you're that guy who prayed for my wrist. And I said, yeah, yeah, how's it going? She goes, oh, man, I got to tell you, my wrist is completely better. And I said, oh, that's amazing. And she was all bubbly and excited and everything else. And I said, God bless you. Now, that was another example of the belonging. Like, I didn't make a battle over beliefs. I didn't make a battle over behavior. What I made was a battle over her soul. And I said, ma'am, I tell you what, there's a kingdom that's here. You belong. And what I did is I walked out and I shared with her what I had. And when I shared with what I had, I guarantee you, she doesn't have the same beliefs that she had prior to that. And I guarantee you that this is the type of thing that leads to a new creation where all of a sudden everything that we are is completely different. I have, I have like maybe 30 seconds. I'm going to tell you one more. Can I tell you one more 30 seconds? 30 seconds. One more. Josh and I, we were walking down at Target one time. And as we were walking, there was these, there was these uh, like maybe high school, college age kids behind us. And all of a sudden what I hear is, as we're walking down to Target, um, uh, why were we going to Target? No idea. Don't ask that. But we were going to Target, right? And I hear behind me that there's this problem with this dude's mom. 
And I really struggled, like, you know, how do I turn it on and be like, dude, what's up with your mom? <laughs> like, that's not going to go well. So I had to figure out how this was going to work. So what I ended up doing is I ended up still stopping dead in my tracks. And I turned around and I said, man, look, I, this is going to freak you out, man. It's freaking me out. But I, I, I feel like there's something going on. And I feel like I should be praying for you, man. And he said, uh, okay. And I said, uh, and the, you know, the guy, man, he looks like a high school, college kid that's maybe on the fringe type of a thing. And and I, I say, uh, dude, like, is there something going on with your family that I might be able to pray about? And he goes, well, there's my mom. And I said, well, yeah, I mean, that's what I heard. I felt like there was something that was going on with your mom and that maybe there was something I could do to pray for her. And he goes, well, dude, I'm going to be honest with you, man. She lives with the devil. And I said, oh, yeah? He goes, yeah, this guy, he's abusive physically and mentally and verbally. And, man, I'm just afraid for her life. She's in the process of getting a restraining order. And I'm telling you, she just lives with the devil. And I said, man, I tell you what, it's a good thing that we ran into one another because I know someone that's stronger than the devil. And if you have the ability to right now, I'd love to pray with you for your mom that she would no longer be under this, this attack from this guy. And the dude, I was just like, I just sat there and waited, like, what's going to happen next? And he said, okay. And so Josh and I, we sat there when we prayed for this guy, that his mom would be kept safe, that she would no longer have to fight this, this devil that existed in her life. And when we got done, I said, dude, it's by, you know, I don't think it's by chance that we're sitting here right now that I'm telling you that I know one that's stronger than the devil that's coming against your mom. In this model, I got a chance to tell this guy that he belonged. And I guarantee you, his beliefs were probably blown up and didn't know what to think after that. But it's something that the Holy Spirit can work in. That as he gets an opportunity to see his mom set free from this devil in her life, that it produces a new sort of beliefs that continue to grow. And it's the type of thing that the Holy Spirit can water and can use in order to set up a new creation as someone who is walking out in the kingdom of God, bringing glory and evangelizing in the streets, just like we saw the disciples do, just like we saw the person that was healed did, just like, just like we want to be able to do. So it's this. There's other models that have existed for evangelism before. There's a new model. I call it one that's good news because it's good news for the person receiving it. It's good news for me to know that even when things go crazy, that I still belong in the kingdom of God. And it's also really good news that now I too have a way that I can practice this gift that God has given me of evangelism. Because now I don't have to be smart. I don't have to be really good looking, even though I might want to when I grow up someday. I don't have to be super like uh, salesy. I don't have to be super cheesy. I can be me and I can go around telling people and expressing to them by my actions, by the Holy Spirit's power in my life, by the words that I say that they belong. I feel like this is amazing news, a type of thing that can set us free, that allow us to be evangelists. With that, I'd like to, to pray and I'll ask Antley to come up. God, I thank you that you are a God that says that we belong in your kingdom. You've said that through your son. You've said that through sending your son. Your son displayed that for us to see throughout his entire life. God, raise us up to be evangelists empower us. Give us love for other people, God, that we would no longer be afraid of walking in the gift you've given us. In Jesus' name.